Hello and welcome to the With Love podcast, where everything we say, do, and talk about is in love and from a place of love. I'm your host, Bella. And I'm your host, Abby. And we are so excited to go on this journey with you guys. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and let's talk about all things life. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Episode six is officially underway and today we are talking all about past as kids. I know a lot of you probably just rolled your eyes but we are diving into the good, the bad and the ugly of being a past as kid, knowing a past as kid, all that kind of thing. And I want to start by saying that this podcast is dedicated to the people who get a laugh out of past as kids falling short for people who think making memes about them and the position they have often inherited and not chosen is funny, but it's also for the people who care and the people who want to see the best of pastor's kids. And it's for the actual pastor's kids who love Jesus and his church. And it's also for the pastor's kids who are on a journey of finding Jesus and falling in love with his church. And it's also for the pastor's kids who have left the church because of what people have said and the way people have handled them. Because at the end of the day, the point we're trying to get across are just people and are just kids who need love, leadership, and fellowship just as much as the next person and are also called to share the gospel just like the next person and anyone who follows and loves Jesus. So with that said, growing up as a pastor's kid, what the heck, why are we talking about this? Why are we drawing attention to this? And why are we making a freaking podcast on this topic? Well, Ladies and gentlemen, I've kind of tossed and turned with this idea um, for a while, but I really do feel pastors' kids have a unique position and they and people around them don't always realize that. And it can be very easy to overlook yourself and your God-given gifts and qualities. And it can be easy to look from the outside, I guess, as someone who's not a pastor's kid or doesn't really know much about them and think things are easy for them or judge them or talk about their shortcomings like I've done this and I am a pastor's kid and I know I've done it for fellow church kids fellow pastor's kids so I can't even imagine what someone in that outside kind of position says or does so in saying that we have decided to broach this topic of being a pastor's kid we're going to be talking about the good because there is good in it even if you're in a season where it feels like this is completely horrible my life is a glass house everyone can see what's happening um, we're talking about the bad, which sometimes can feel like it outweighs all the good of being a pastor's kid and the ugly parts, because there are so many ugly parts that leave you questioning Jesus and his church and sometimes even the whole of humanity. <laughs> yes, I love that, Bella, the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think I feel like even though we are talking about pastor's kids and it's more of a specific type of thing, I still feel like some everyone, there's something in this for everyone. Um, regardless of who your parents are or what they do or don't do or what family you're in because we all have parents and we all have families and I think a lot of it ends up being relatable at the end of the day but basically I want to start by saying that I used to and sometimes still do hate being called a pastor's kid if someone even mentioned PK to me I honestly thought it was like the most cringe thing ever I was like okay that is so bad please don't say that to me and I'd be like, you're not part of my life and we can't be friends because it was immediate. Like, it was like, for me, if someone said that, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that's how you see me. So we're done. And that friendship is not going to work out. And so it was like, straight away, it was like a no-go. 
And if you, like, if Bella had even suggested doing this podcast about being a pastor's kid, maybe, like, a year or two ago, I would have been like, are you kidding? There's not a chance. Because it was almost like it was, I was in denial about being a pastor's kid. It was just so not how I saw myself. And I would just not want to talk about it to anyone. I'd be like, don't say it around me. Like, we're not even going there. And I think I felt like I was just, so much more than just a definition of what my parents do like it's ridiculous to even say it but like I was like why would I be labeled about what my parents do but over the years and probably over the last year and a half two years maybe I'd really say that I have come to a much better place about it and I am a pastor's kid because my parents are pastors (laughs) and so it is what it is and to be honest, it's actually all I've ever known. And so I think that's also when people bring it up, when it's something or you've known so normal to you, like, why are you bring it up? Like, it's not normal when this is my life. Um, but I think I'm actually so thankful for it. And I wouldn't want my life to be any other way. Um, yeah, so now I feel like I'm ready to talk about it. But also, <laughs> this is just funny. I remember one time a friend, we're actually still friends now, so it's fine. But they literally <laughs> came up yeah we made it through but they literally came up to me in church and like in front of people and literally said uh, like you're a PK and all this stuff and whatever and I looked back at them and I was like well what does your mom do and this person was like oh my mom runs a business or something like that I don't know and I was like okay cool so you're a business owner's kid and like why does it I was like just so confused why someone would be so concerned about what my parents do or why it would even come up in a conversation and why there even is this label four passes kids and I know that's like a ridiculous story but it was like I'm like why is there even this thing that passes kids are called passes kids like we don't go around calling people based on what their parents do yeah that's very true um and that is a hilarious story because you would so do that and I can still imagine (laughs) you doing that Mm -hmm. um but in saying that there is also like a different kind of weight that pastors kids carry um they do have a lot of people watching them and there can be a lot of can at times feel like a very lonely place to be so we're not discounting that at all trust me we have been there we've both experienced it we are still there at times but it does get better and it is so beautiful when you fully embrace where God has placed you and you understand that you are there for a reason um yeah and I also feel like there are highs and lows like in everything but I feel like as much as there can be times where you feel like you've got it all under control and you're like, okay, God's put me here for a reason. There's also times where you're like, okay, it feels like I'm back to square one. It feels like all of this has gone out the window. Everything I've put my energy and effort into, it just feels like it's not there anymore. And I know I've had a lot of moments like that, a lot of ups and downs lately, but I also do fully trust. And it's a good reminder for me right now as well, like what Bella said, that God plans everything he knew you before you were formed like that's what the bible says and it is a difficult thing to fully comprehend and understand but he knew us before we were formed and he put you in your family for a reason and I believe he put me and Bella and Zach in our family for a reason with the parents that we have and no matter who your parents are or who your siblings are you are there for a very unique purpose um, Jesus has placed you there on purpose and you only you can bring what you can bring and you're there to bring something that's different and that's unique to who you are and to live out the calling that God has for you yeah yeah that's so true and also like 
as much as we hate labels and we wrestle with it or wrestle with where we're placed and who we are and all that kind of thing, you are where you are for a reason. So I think in that we could kind of bring up, start talking about the whole concept of labeling. I know we mentioned that a little, but I've always hated being called a pastor's kid, just like Abby and having that almost as my main identification is something I have really struggled with. Um, I basically struggled with it to the point of actually having to leave the church that I was a part of and my parents were pastoring because I felt I needed to find God for myself in a different place where I was known for who I am and not for who my parents were or um, where they could get them or why were they like not questioning people? Why were they my friends? Are they, do they know who my parents are? Like this whole thing. I basically needed to go off, find my own thing because I hated the concept so much. And yeah. it can feel like people only see you as an extension of your parents and you have to believe what your parents believe. You have to do what they do, agree with how they act and all these things that you actually have to figure out for yourself. And so the label of pastor's kids is something that I have wrestled with both mentally figuring my place out and literally in being planted in church and which church I want to attend. And if I actually believe in church and love church the way the Bible tells us to. Um, and yeah, that's something I've really struggled with when it comes to the label of pastor's kids and when people say it, basically. Yeah. And I think like what Bella said that it is so important to have your own relationship with God. And I think that's something that, I don't know, I feel like everyone struggles at some point with that because of life. It can, figuring out who God is for you um, on your own personal terms cannot be always easy and I think especially when you are a pastor's kid you're you're not forced to go to church but like it church is a big part of your life so like to have this relationship with God that almost everyone expects you to have mm. be a difficult thing when you're still trying to figure it out and what it means for you um but yeah I think what Bella did was actually really amazing and I think it was really special for you as well but um I I'm someone who absolutely hates labels. Like genuinely, I hate being defined by labels. So even, oh, this is so funny. When I was a teenager, I would hate being called a teenager because it's like I am a teenager, but I didn't want anyone to think I was a teenager because of all the negative connotations around it. And it was like, I think it's the same as a PK, like the connotations around that, like, are just so negative. I'm like, I don't want to be put in that box. Yeah. And, um, I think for a long time, it, it really still kind of does have all those negative ideas around it. Like people think, I don't know what Bella, what you would say about this, but when people hear the word PK or when they say it, it never feels like they say it out of a place of like kindness or yeah. they're trying to be nice. It always feels like they're trying to say it out of a place of like them, like angry or like they're upset yeah. at us or like they're trying to tell us that. I think a lot of the time it's like a lot of arrogance or they're trying to say that we're entitled. I don't know. People love that word, but <laughs> I don't like it at all. Or like it's got this rebellious idea to it. Like people, pastors, kids can do whatever they want. They have their own rules. They're rude. The list can go on. And I think for me, I never wanted to be any of that. And it's the same with being a teenager. It's like, you know, when you say teenager, like, oh, you like roll your eyes, like, they're rude they're rebellious they do this they do that they're like scream they have like tantrums whatever I never wanted to be like that either so I think to be put in a box is so frustrating because it can be so limiting and um it almost makes you feel like you have to be a certain way like you can't just be yourself and yeah I just think I didn't want to 
called a pastor's kid because of all those negative ideas around it. Yeah. And I think there can be a lot of negativity around pastor's kids. And it's probably because pastor kids have, pastor kids, (laughs) pastor's kids have in the past not really had a good reputation nor a good track record when it comes to, I guess, staying the path or the way, um, both in biblical times and present times. If you're in the church, I guess you know how the jokes about pastor's kids go. They get this, they get that, they wear immunity necklaces, all that kind of thing. And it is obvious pastor's kids, but like, honestly, it is obvious pastor's kids can and do often struggle with the church and finding their place. And I have numerous theories as to why that is. Um, But honestly, even biblically, like pastor's kids didn't do so well. From the start, we see, as it says in Samuel, um, it says, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. Eli was a high priest and his two sons were wicked. They had no regard for the Lord. They lived wicked. They lived lived astray. So even back in pre-social media, pre-craziness days, pastor's kids were classified as wicked and they walked away from what their parents or I guess fathers in those days did. So from the beginning of time, there isn't a great track record for pastor's kids. And I've had to really go on the journey of figuring out like, why is that? And I think there are a lot of different answers here and different experiences and theories on that. But one of my theories is that if like the devil cannot get to your parents, he's going to try to get to you and he's going to try to take you out in ways that is going to affect your parents and the work they're doing. Um, and don't put it past him like to try and get you. So I think it's really important to stay on guard and stay because I think once we're aware of that, we are able to identify, hang on a minute, that's not a reality. That's the devil trying to take me out, trying to take my parents out, trying to create all this unnecessary drama because spiritual warfare is real. It is a thing. There are no guarantees on anyone staying the path who grew up in church or was a church kid or a pastor's kid. Like even the finest parent can have a child who becomes a prodigal. Like it's not the parent's fault sometimes. And also as a pastor's kid, it can sometimes feel like you are under a microscope. It can feel like the world is watching you, seeing how you act and almost in a way seeing how you act and basing what you do on your parents' leadership. And basically, if you act bad or you do this, that's wrong. When you do this, that they disagree with, like, it's a direct reflection of your parents' leadership, which can, and it can make it very hard to let your guard down and to let people in. And I think that that is a very sad reality that many pastors' kids face with the whole concept of labeling as well. Yeah. And I also think like, ultimately those labels almost make you feel um trapped and like it is human nature to rebel like no one wants to be trapped by an expectation so when pastors kids are placed under these expectations it can be so almost like damaging because of how it restricts them and um it almost puts them like you said like under that microscope of like this is how they're expected to live but this is how a normal person would live and it's like where do you find the balance in that and um I think, like, even, like, why are there TV shows about pastors' wives and pastors' kids and, like, whatever? Like, the whole thing, I feel like there's just so many strange ideas around it that people yeah. almost forget that it's, like, they're normal people as well. And um, it's almost like a lot of the time, I think with these TV shows as well, it highlights it, but people are, like, watching and waiting for you to mess up as a pastor's kid. It's almost like now they expect you to rebel and cause problems and go crazy. And um, I also just quickly wanted to say, going back to Bella's, what Bella mentioned earlier about the families, like, I think if your parents are pastors, then you're their children. I think 
you are in that family for a reason. And as much as it's what your parents do, God still knows. And I think you're still part of that plan for their life as well. Like the, it, your whole family is part of it. It's not just your parents. And as much as it can feel like you're out there on your own, you're not. And um, I think it's important to remember that. And I feel like there was something else I wanted to say about it. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah, if it comes back okay. to me. I'll um, tell you. Yeah, that's so true. And I think there's, in that, there's also no denying that there's pressure that comes with being a pastor's kid. Like whether the church you're part of is big or small, the pressure is still going to exist. And I think it's a huge pressure to not mess up and to live in a way that makes people trust your parents. As I said earlier, kind of a bit about their leadership reflection is almost how you live your life to a lot of people. And it can get very suffocating and it can lead to levels of anxiety and stress and worry um, associated with the church. And a side of things that not many people see would be that kind of stress and worry of showing up at church and being like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to people. What are they going to think of me and my family and all that? I know I've wrestled with that at times. But I just want to say that even when you mess up, you need to know, like, as it says in Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Both pastors, kids and people around them, judging them, watching them, talking about them, need to understand this. We all fall short. It doesn't say some fall short. Like everyone (laughs) falls short. Having parents that lead a church doesn't disqualify you from temptations, nor shortcomings, nor sin. We all fall short. And if anything, I think almost being a pastor's kid can put a giant target on your back for the enemy to try to get you and take you out. And he's going to do all he can to try to hit that bullseye in every way, angle, moment, sphere that he can. Yeah, exactly. And Bella, I remember what I was going to say. It was about the families. And I wanted to say that I feel like um, Jesus puts us in families. He's designed us for families. So if the devil can do anything, he's going to try and get in there in the family and mess it up because um, he is, that's just what he will do to cause problems. But yeah, so I loved what you said there. And I think it's all super true. There's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure that comes with it. And I know that was something that I struggled with for a long time. Um, And it can feel like at times you're not even your own person to be honest when you go into church and I remember okay this is a hilarious story but it's just for the example so that we can talk about it because one time (laughs) I went to serve in this area of church and I had been serving here for years it was a Sunday morning I was not new everyone there like I knew everyone on the team I literally knew like yeah it had been a long time and you had to like wear these tags at this specific moment and I left my tag somewhere and not intentional I wasn't trying to like leave my tag and walk around without a tag but I just forgot it and the lady who I knew who I saw every single weekend on this same entrance door she literally stopped me and said just because your parents are the pastors doesn't mean you don't need to wear a tag and I was <laughs> like oh I was like yes of course I'll go find it right away um, I was like, I think I left it somewhere. I'm so sorry. And like, I apologize, whatever. But then inside, I was actually dying. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like, what is she saying? This is so stressful. And then she think I started sweating. I was like, this is so bad because I felt terrible because I never once want to think that I was trying to just do my own thing. But I also was like, why is she calling me out on this? Like, it's such a small thing. Why does it matter? Like, no one else has a problem with it. Like, there's so many other people who aren't wearing tags. Why is she making a thing for me? Um, 
And so maybe she was just having a bad morning. Let's just put it down to that. And she just felt like she needed to take some of it out of me. But it was one of those things that, like, it stuck with me. You know how people say random things and they just stick with you? And I was like, firstly, I didn't even know that she knew that my parents were out of church. Because you don't – I don't walk around thinking, oh, everyone knows. But mm. it's like – because, I don't know, I just don't think that. But, for, like, I literally did not think she knew. And secondly, it was like – is that how she sees me? Because if that's how she views me and she doesn't even know me, like how am I being perceived by everyone else here? Um, mm. Because that's definitely not how I want to be perceived as a person who just does what they want. And um, that lady then got moved. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. <laughs> she got moved from serving that. No, I'm kidding. She did not. But um, What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what? No, I'm kidding. that. You know what someone would say? They'd say, your privilege is showing. Like, shut up. Anyway. Yeah. No, guys, she didn't get moved. She's lovely. If, yeah, if she ever listens to <laughs> it's okay. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just those little things that can stick with us. And actually, sometimes those little ones cause the most, like, doubt and just anxiety in our heads. And, um, yeah, I just think I didn't leave my tag anywhere on purpose. I'd just forgotten it. But I thought it would be okay because I was just, I'd been on this team for years. So it was just very interesting situation. <laughs> yeah, that is a hilarious story. But that is the thing that honestly, like, gets me the most. Like, it irks me. Like, how, I often think when I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do people perceive me? Do they think I'm cocky? Do they think I'm arrogant, rude, prideful? Like, what do they think of my family because of how I act? And it can be very easy to fall into comparison and worry about what people are saying, no matter who you are, really. And honestly, it stresses me the heck out. Like sometimes I have conversations and I walk away and I go, oh my gosh, did I just reveal too much? Like, did I let my guard down a little too much? And as soon as like any joke is made about who my mom is or like who my dad is or anything like that, I freak out. I feel like my blood goes cold and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? What did I do? Why, like, why did I bring them up? Like, da, da, da. But honestly like this is something that I can't let get to me and it is such a scary place to be because it feels like I don't know if I can be myself anywhere and that's led me to be a very very guarded person as I just said like I walk away sometimes from conversations or jokes and I'm like did I let my guard down too much and I think it's been so hard building friendships because of that and relationships because of this because I just worry the whole time like oh my gosh are they thinking this about me my about my family about my parents about the church like all that kind of thing. And I need to not let that get to me because it's really hard to build friends yeah. when you're constantly worrying about that. Yeah, exactly. And I also think, like, it's difficult because you obviously want to protect your family. Like, I know if someone mentioned anything about my parents, I, I, you would get, like, it's natural. You want to protect the people closest to you. So I think also, like, finding that balance and knowing, like, what's a rude joke or, like, mm-hmm. what someone's just thing that is not direct thing at you or yeah, your family also just cutting in sorry sometimes That's it's not right. like rude joke or anything that people are saying they literally just bring up your parents in some yeah. context and it's like oh my gosh my parents what what happened blood got blood yeah. got hold. <laughs> yeah exactly and I think um if people just understood that pastors kids are normal kids too and like we can still have fun like I think there's this idea that you almost have to live like a sheltered life and you literally can't do anything and it's like oh my gosh like okay this is actually funny someone I put a a song on Instagram once which I don't think the song was evil at all (laughs) but someone else did 
and they were like oh my gosh they listen to that song like that's evil like they said that at church and I was like oh like I don't think that song is evil um but I really like that song was fine and I do see there is definitely a type of example you can be setting as a pastor's kid and I do think it is important to look at how you do conduct yourself but that's more because I think like for me I don't want to be a confusing Christian I want to live for Jesus according to his word and um I think like as much like that's how I want to live right okay but then I also think people can't make you feel like you're not normal at the same time because we are all human and I think it's important for anyone who's a Christian to live a life that honors Jesus and follows him it shouldn't matter what you do in church or who your parents are or who they're not or whatever your platform is or isn't you should be living in a way that you believe is honoring God and Mm -hmm. um you conduct yourself in a way that shows that but then when pastors kids are getting called out for silly things that do not matter for example that song I think that's when it can can make it super difficult because it's actually like random people who are sometimes just maybe it did come from a good place I don't know but sometimes I think it just causes more more problems and it can end up actually making you feel so bad and like you can't do anything which is then like discouraging because you're like why do people not just let me be like why is it so hard to like just live and then I think that's like that feeling after a while can make you go crazy and you feel like you're scrutinized by everything you do in church in a place where you've probably been for years and you're meant to feel safe and loved and it feels like you can almost be more attacked there than anywhere else Mm. and I think that's also why we see people um like pastors can I don't know leave and I know like I've also dealt with that for a long time yeah it's something I've had to work through but yeah yeah and I think people often associate you like as the pastor's kid as being popular like people want to know you you're liked you have lots of friends you have a large community in church but it is actually a very lonely road because at school you're the pastor's kid you live different you have church on Sundays everyone else parties on Saturdays to sleep in Sundays and then on Sundays you go to church and you're the pastor's kid who everyone watches and they want to no, but do they actually want to know you? Like, do they want to know all your flaws? When you're having a family fight, can you tell them about it? Or will they They tell other people? Like, trust is a big thing when you're a pastor's kid. And sometimes it's hard to find. Um, and it can feel very lonely, I guess, and hard to build people that you know are real people for your community. And I know for me, like, questions that always run through my head is, why do they want to be friends with me? Like, do they like me for me? Why are they why are they watching me do this? Why is this old person rubbing my back in the church car park? Like, that's happened to me before. <laughs> I know that's like a funny example, but I'm like, why is this person rubbing my back right now? I do not know you. <laughs> I'm like, that is sounds this- so weird. I know, but I'm like, is it a sign of endearment or what's going on? But honestly, I do think that like these kind of questions are why so many pastors kids walk away from church for, I guess, even at least for a season, because it's almost easier in a way to fit the mold of the world who don't question every single thing you do or watch every single thing you do than it is to stay planted somewhere where you feel like you have to act a certain way and you're almost afraid to be your true authentic self. And yeah, that's why I think a lot of people wonder, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a huge one, like, friends and wondering what people think and what, like, I think the biggest thing for me was wondering about people's agenda and, like, who really likes you for you and who is trying to be nice to get information or get to your parents. And I agree with how you said it can be lonely or lonely road at times because life can be lonely for everyone at times. And in light of this topic, 
I remember someone actually said to me recently, um, they were like, yeah, they kind of said to me, like, I do want church and, like, I want that, but I don't know, forever, because, like, didn't you feel lonely in school, like, because of how you lived? Didn't you feel like you missed out on everything and had no friends? And I was like, wow, I was kind of not expecting that, but I also was like, okay, like, looking at it from the from their perspective, I can see how without the whole party scene and um, how they were living, how it would look like, yeah, it it wouldn't be the best, like it would be lonely or whatever. So I could see where they were coming from. And there were times in school, like Bella mentioned, where I was like, what am I doing? Especially because my school friends didn't do the whole church thing. And obviously church friends were not in school. So I don't know. I didn't want to do the whole party scene. And um, just because I literally would, I wouldn't even enjoy it, even if I like tried or whatever. But I didn't want to because I didn't feel like that was, that's just not what I felt like I was meant to do with my life. And um, sometimes you can feel lonely regardless of who you are, what you choose to do or don't do. But I have never once looked back and thought, well, I regret not going to that party or, well, I regret not getting drunk. Like, no, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. I actually feel so thankful for the life I was able to live. And I feel like Jesus protected me actually from so much. And I feel like he has directed my steps every way. Like looking back, in the moment, yeah, sometimes I was like, oh, my gosh, I, what, like, what am I doing? Why is it like this? But looking back, I'm actually like, okay, I am so, like, I'm better than, I like, fine. I'm more than fine. I, I feel like Jesus really did set up my path in such a way. And I feel like if I had lived different, it could have really, I don't know, I feel like my life could have gone a different way. So I'm actually super thankful for it. And as much as for this person, it did look like maybe my life was lonely, I didn't have friends. I was actually able to explain to them, like, no, I did have friends. Because in every season, I did still have friends. Some seasons looked a bit different. Um, but I didn't feel lonely. Like, I did sometimes. But it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm completely alone. and This is awful. Like, there was always people around. There was always, like, I mean, me and Bella even had each other. And, like, mm. I don't know. Like, I feel like you find things. Like, it's not actually like you're a weirdo living yeah. this strange life like and I feel like people at the end of the day like they get it as well they'll look back and at your life and be like whoa okay I see why that happened yeah and so I think it's not yeah I don't know I think a lot of the well the party scene as fun as it can look on the outside especially in school it does look like it can look like fun I actually think it's hurting and it's lonely there because whether you realize it or like I said you realize it now in a few years it's not fulfilling and it's really not going to take you down a great road and um and like yeah I was gonna say yeah and like friends that you have from partying are most likely not going to be the friends that are going to propel you forward into a bright and fulfilling future and like as lonely as church and be um and I know it's so hard. I found I found it so difficult. It's sometimes easier to say no to certain friendships in the world in the long run and to be lonely for a season in order to wait out for the most fulfilling, life-bringing, fun, uplifting friends ever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, like, important to have friends, I think, who are going to put your life on the right path, not take you away from it. Um, and... I just quickly wanted to say as well, Jesus even says following him is to enter through a narrow road where not everyone will understand or get it. 
but you know Jesus and all he has for you um, and what he has for your life. And I think it changes the way you end up seeing life. And I think that's what leads to real and true life as well. Yeah. And I know I found making friends in church extremely hard, like as I just said, but I remember even one time when we were trying to make friends and have people over, we had some friends over and they kept making comments about like being at the pastor's house. And some of them were like, let's, let's look around. Let's see what they have. Like someone literally even went into the garage and started making comments about like the cars or like what we have and all this stuff. And I'm like, what, what do you even mean? Like, what are you saying right now? And Abby and I were just like so taken back. And I think it's made having people over very daunting because we think they're going to make comments about this or comments about where the tides are going, about monies, holidays, possessions. Like it's a very real place to be and it's a very hard place to be. And I have had to practice time and again, um, more often like in my heart than out loud, I guess. But like Matthew 6, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Like I have to forgive them in order for ultimate forgiveness, I guess, like forgive the way he forgives. And I know they didn't like trespass and all that kind of thing, but practicing forgiveness with people around me um, was something that I really truly had to grasp. And I think it only took me like maybe five years to forgive them. <laughs> um, I was very bad at it at first. I kept holding on to it. I'm like, you've said this about my parents, like in my head. And I was like, you little cheaty. Anyway, <laughs> like um, I've had to ask myself though, like are pastors, are they not allowed to enjoy anything? Like, have, are they not allowed to have anything of remote value? Why do we have to hide what we have, hide where we go, what we do? Like pastors often work just as hard as the next person in a corporate job. Sometimes they work harder and I know it's a calling, it's a sacrifice, but like it's still a job and the sacrifice is constant in this job. It is a ridiculing environment sometimes that they find themselves in. Um, but if it was someone who had like a corporate job, you probably wouldn't be saying anything like that. You'd be saying, hey, good job on working hard, mate. So proud of you. Like, and I get the, yeah. like, I get the humility argument, like remain humble. You're working at a church and all that kind of thing. But seriously, why do we have to make genuinely good people feel bad about having an item they've worked hard for? Like God honors all work, no matter what you do. He loves to bless his children. People also, people can like be wise with money. People can invest. People can inherit. You never know someone's situation just because of a job they have. Like, just remember that think about that next time like it's not always about what looks what it looks like on the exterior sometimes there are other things going on but anyway Jesus loves you that's all I want to say (laughs) (laughs) exactly and like I do think it's very true everything Bella said like people can actually invest early and then you see like a 50 year old pastor and you think something but actually you never know the backstory yeah but anyway um yeah and I think like let's just mention quickly this whole reputation so I think for me being a pastor's kid has got a bad rap especially lately with social media and memes and a number of different things but I think people actually just do not always realize how things are perceived or how they can come across yeah. and I think people try attack pastor's kids because they think they have it all together from the outside or they think they have it all in general they have like this life and on the outside, it can look really great when actually there's, I think, more sacrifices and more challenges than people will probably ever know about. And it can sometimes look great, but how it looks in one moment is not how it is in every moment. And this is not to say, oh, my gosh, my life is so sacrificial and we are amazing because that is so not what I'm yeah. saying at all. 
but it's just I think on it's important to remember that what you see on the outside is not always like it just because one day looks amazing or one week looks like wow incredible doesn't mean that every week is like that there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes and I think um it's now like this whole bad reputation especially with like certain memes and like stuff it's almost like I feel like Pastor Kid have been like dragged through the dirt a bit on social media to be honest yeah and I think it's almost made me feel a bit of like a good mad where I'm like we can actually change this because I don't think Pastor's kids deserve the memes and the mean comments on social media and the nasty things they get told um and I think we actually have a place here on earth for a reason yeah that is so true and I've had to go on a journey of asking myself why do these people make memes like they're laughing about the fact that we were born into something that we had no control over. Like what if yeah. God's will for our lives is to share his message and spread his teaching to the nations, which it is because it's everyone's go make disciples of the nations, as it says. And like these pastors, kids see the meme that have to be posted because it is so funny. And then they spend years running from that because they've let these that formed these memes get to them. Like, they second guess who they are what they feel God is calling them towards for me I literally get livid about it because I think of my brother sometimes and I'm like a lot of these memes are about guys pastors kids who are taking over from their fathers or whatever it is and like what if God is calling him to take over the church one day what if God's calling him to be a worship leader to be in church in some capacity and he feels like now all these people are just going to think this about me because I saw it on this meme that had like 200,000 likes or whatever so I don't want to get involved because I know everyone's just going to be thinking that in the back of their head and I know not all pastors kids act the same some are hard to deal with I have seen that I understand that um and some of them have very little discipline and honestly someone even recently said to me you know what I've come to realize they've been in church a long time and they said I've come to realize there are two kinds of pastors kids and one are the humble and kind who just come because they love Jesus, his people, and they love the church. And the second, uh, the kind who expect front row seats at every event. They um, want easy access to the platform because of who their parents are, not because of the message God has put on their hearts. Like, I know that is very harsh, but honestly, I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's actually pretty accurate from the things I've seen. And I think also not to say, like, you are definitely this way or definitely that way. I think you can go from one to the other or vice versa kind of thing. And I think it just takes maturity as well and spiritual maturity and your relationship with God. Um, But in all that, I want to encourage you, remain humble. Like humility is so important. Um, Remaining humble as a pastor's kid is so important because it is easy to let things get to your head. I know I have at times. Like people hype up your parents and they say, oh, they're so cool. They're doing such a good job. Well done. Um, And you feel proud of them for sure. You want to feel proud of them. But remaining humble in all of that can be very hard. Humility is so important. The Bible urges us, be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Like humility and love are two things that cannot go wasted no matter who you are, in what position you are in. Remain humble and love others. Um, But yeah, you can also be the most humble person on earth and people can still say mean things about you. They can make snarky comments because of how others have acted or experiences they've had. Um, And I just want to say, if that happens to you, church kids, pastors kids, if you are in the church in any capacity, ignore them. Like, I've had my fair share of comments of people saying mean things, like weekly, almost, someone says an annoying comment. And I have to check my heart, I have to reassess, and I have to say, no, I'm going to keep going back, I'm going to keep showing up, I'm not going to let what other people think or say hold me back, because that is the devil's work, like that's 
wants to hold me back. And I'm not going to let them do that. I'm changing the narrative of pastor's kids. I'm giving my all for Jesus, despite what people say and think. And my reasons for running after God appear. And I'm going to keep doing that. So it's a daily choice. Take up your cross daily and run with it. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Yeah. And um, I think, like, for me, a hard part has always been, as well, like, what is, I don't know if you've also felt this, but, like, what is the plan for my life? And I think for us, it's been, it's obvious, like, what our par- the plan for our parents' life is. Like, I don't know, maybe they have different insight on this, and sometimes they're not sure. But it's easy to look at them and think, okay, they know what they're doing, and everyone can kind of see what they do, and it looks great, and I'm like, they know what they're doing, but what am I doing? And like Bella said, like people can congratulate your parents on doing this and that and yeah. whatever, but like, okay, but then I'm still here. And now this is, it's not all about your parents, but it's kind of like, it kind of is. And am I forgotten? Like, is there a plan for me and my own personal life and all of this different to my parents, which obviously there is. And I've come to feel that for myself in this season. But I think that when so many people know what your parents do, it can feel like you're kind of swept to the side. And that can be tough and it can be Mm -hmm. difficult to feel like you are doing something worthwhile and it can sometimes feel like you're floating and it's like, why does everyone talk to my parents and no one talks to me? And it's like, I think we've all been there, but um, that was and still something is I personally have wrestled with and understanding that I am my own person and that God still does have a unique and wonderful plan for me, no matter what my parents do or what they don't do. And ultimately that goes for everyone whoever yeah. you are, whatever you are. Yeah, that's so true. And I think people don't understand sometimes how much like you as a pastor's kid or someone in church, how much you see and what you hear and the things that you honestly can't talk to anyone about, like even just being in certain rooms and like, oh, I don't think I was meant to hear that. Like my experience this year alone, some people will understand this, but like it's been insane. I wanted to walk away from church from everything more than once because of all the background noise that I've seen, heard and been exposed to I guess to some extent but why did I stay because of my hunger for Jesus because of the people around me that have propelled me towards him because of the church the people that come week in week out like it's more than a building and whoever's leading it my season away from church which I did go through that taught me so much about remaining when the biggest hurricanes storms cyclones blow and come at me like remaining planted is so important and Honestly, if I stayed because of people or because of my parents or because of a pastor of the church I was in, or even just because I thought, oh, I'll I'll get an advantage at this church because my parents are the pastors, like I would have left long ago with the amount that I know and have been exposed to and the turmoil I have seen and have waded through. It is hard to remain. Also, not to mention the sacrifices that we as children have to make before we even understand what church is growing up in it you're making sacrifices relentlessly. Like just because you attend a church and see the side of a family that is on stage and shows up every Sunday, it doesn't mean, you know, the whole family dynamic, like we all go home, we have fights, we live normal lives, yet we grow up so different to anyone we know. And it can be hard for them to understand where we're coming from in all that. And I even remember growing up, like we couldn't do sports the same as other kids. Like if a sport happened on a Sunday, there's like no you're not doing it there's no ride for you you can't go like church on Sundays even parties on Saturdays like I remember when parties started happening in like year nine or eight or whatever and everyone's staying out to like 12 or like one and they're having fun living the life like 
no, I had to be picked up from that party at 9 p.m. because my mom was to get up at 6 for church the next day. Like, <laughs> that happens to me so much. And it's like, no, no sleepovers because don't know the parents. And also, like, we grew up with one-day weekends. We have Saturdays, if that. Um, Christmases are different. We spend Christmas at church all day. Birthdays on a Sunday, spent at church all day. Like, your parents are needed by others, sometimes as much as they're needed by you. And from the day you're born, you sacrifice for his kingdom before you even fully grasp what his kingdom is. And then just because you think you can do what you want as you're a kid or a teen because, oh, I've grown up here. I know everything. I know everyone. Like, that's not true. And then people suddenly start making comments and then you feel out of place. And then it's a whole cycle of, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? <laughs> that's just a little yeah. bit into it, I guess. But, like, I'm not who I was now as the person I was when I was 16. And sometimes people don't realize that. Like, I know, especially in church, when they've seen you growing up, they're like, oh, you're just a little ratty pastor's kid from when you were 16, making funny comments and not getting involved in things. Like, that's kind of, but it's true. It's annoying. Like, someone even said to me recently, I was interning in, like, a youth ministry or whatever in a different church in a different country or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's so funny how, like, you as the pastor's kid, like, you have to go to another church to finally start getting involved. And I was like, huh, yeah, it's because of comments like that. I didn't say that, but... Um, you're like okay yeah I'm gonna leave this one there yeah Yeah. moving on but um it's literally like church is our second home from when we're born and then suddenly people like you can't do that you can do this don't go there wear a freaking name tag like let me figure it out for myself thank you for all the guidance Mm -hmm. like yeah I know it's not calculated or whatever but like you know don't reprimand me like that (laughs) yeah because sometimes it's hard to know like if people are actually reprimanding you because they like having power over you or because they actually want to see you live your best life like living sold out for Jesus and his church and like we have to live like someone who is sold out and loving Jesus and wants to build his church before we even know what that is while every other person in school like every other Tom Dick and Harry gets to spend Sunday watching movies and eating pancakes on the couch (laughs) but okay rant over (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And I think like ultimately basically you, the bottom line is you have to go to church for Jesus because you love him and you love his people and you believe in church. You can't go to church for people or for any specific person or pastor because they're going to fail you. People always do. And like Bella said, you yeah. hear so many things and that's not like she's not saying that in terms of like you hear like secrets that no one no, hears yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's like people saying like how people talk or like like you hear someone say something really mean and you're like why did they just like why am I hearing this right now like I should not be hearing this that doesn't make me feel good and I think people sometimes in life in general don't think about things before they say them and um, I think things can come across sometimes not really good and when you're in an environment where you kind of expect things to be good and people to be nice when they're not it almost hurts even more and um yeah, so I think like when you do hear a lot of different things and how people talk or how people say things and especially when it's something that's so close to your heart, I think it really can affect you, um, which is ultimately what Bella said. But yeah, so I think it's important to just go to church and love church because you love Jesus and because you believe in it so much. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, I definitely yeah. am at that point where I don't go to church for people. I go 100% because I feel like I need to be there for Jesus because I love Jesus. And I think we need to be careful when it comes to putting people on a pedestal, thinking that something is great because someone is great because of who their parents are, because ultimately we are all great because of who our heavenly father is. Yeah, we are all children of the prince of peace, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, like 
honestly guys pk shmike <laughs> exactly like we all have the same we all have the same heavenly father like we're all mm-hmm. brothers and sisters so there we go and um i remember actually a conversation i had with a few years a friend a few years ago and we were talking about how it's like to have people know your parents or whatever and sometimes you just feel like there are things like we've already mentioned that you can and can't do because of that which yeah. i guess um sometimes can feel kind of limiting but at the same time it doesn't because i don't want to do those things anyway and she was like yeah our family actually has like they have a like you have a family name your surname mm-hmm. and she was telling me she's like all about honoring that name and she's like god's actually given your family that name for a reason it's not just your parents who have that surname it's like your whole family has it and you all have the responsibility to honor that name regardless of who you are or who your family Mm -hmm. is or what they do and it just so happens that that honor of that name looks different for certain families the way you live in your family will look different based on your values and how you conduct yourself um but that's always something that stuck with me because i'm like in the Bible, it even says, honor your mother and father. And I'm like, I actually want to mm. honor my parents. But like, now I also want to honor my family and this name that they carry. And I want to represent myself within my family the best way I can. And I think that's important for everyone um, to do. And um, that yeah. actually, that conversation changed a lot of how I saw things. And I think, yeah, it's, yeah. it's important to just honor your family. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I also love in Hebrews how it says, um, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Like he builds the house. He builds your family. He builds you. He builds his church. He is the builder of all things. Like all things are built by God. You are part of that family for a reason. You are the PK or whatever you want to call it for a reason. Like if you don't like the narrative of pastor's kids and change it. If you think people are being crazy towards you or rude and saying terrible things, ignore it or address it if it's what you need to move on in humility and unity and love jesus talk about it um honestly there's nothing worse than feeling like you're trapped in this thing and you can never get out like sometimes talking about it is the best way to move on and i also just want to say remember that as someone who doesn't understand pastors kids like if you're not a pastor's kid um or you don't understand pastors in any sense you just kind of attend a church um and you're someone that has a lot of opinions on what they should and should not do in James, it says that those who teach will be judged more strictly. So be be careful when saying um, certain things. And it's easy to be judgmental, I guess. But be careful in judging them because Jesus does have the final say and the final judgment. And it will be just as strict as you want it to be, maybe even stricter. But also, if you are the pastor's kid, know that he loves you. And it might not be easy to continue showing up week in and week out. It can be suffocating to feel like you live in a glass house where everyone has a say and can see into your world. But remember that this is ultimately a training ground for where you were going in life and where God wants you. You're there for, pur- for a purpose. You're where you are for a reason. You have been selfless. You have been sacrificial. And God has entrusted you to be the children of the house, of his house. Yes, I love that. And I think God sees everything that you experience as well. And if people aren't kind, like Bella said, or if people constantly make jokes or rude remarks, I think it's also okay to, like, in a kind way, like, pull them up about it and just say, like, that's really not nice and just let them know. Yeah. Because I think sometimes also people don't realize how how it can be affecting you. But that was so good. I think that's everything for yes. episode six. There we go. Should we do our little three takeaways? Yes. Let's do it. As we all know, I say every week, this is my favorite part. (laughs) 
So this week, mine are, I feel like there's so many from this week, but one, God has something brand new for you and it's just you. It's not your mom's or your dad's. It's for you. Two, don't quit too soon. It gets good. It gets easier. It can be very lonely, but there is a world that needs you and the unique gifts that God has given you and has graced you with. Three, remember the miracles. You have seen your parents crushed. I know it. Trust me. The church, you've seen it at its worst. People, you've seen them at their breaking points. You've seen them burnt out, stressed because of church and all those kind of things. But in all of that, in all those hard moments, don't forget the glory of who he is, what he has done. And remember all the miracles in the midst of your dysfunction. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Okay, so my are one, we are not rebellious or rogue, but we are called to finish the race that God has set up before us. Two is stop worrying about what others think and say. And three is you are where you are for a reason. Yes, I love that. And also, just before we close out, love the three takeaways. But I just want to say that um, as friends of pastor's kids or leaders of pastor's kids, just remember that they may seem like life is great and fun and adventurous. But honestly, deep down, we all crave real fellowship and real love as much as the next person. So be that loving friend. Check in. Keep checking in on them. Just because you know their parents doesn't mean you know them super well. You never know what battles are being had at home in their lives that honestly no one sees or they feel unsafe sharing. And if you are the pastor's kid that's struggling, remember you're doing this for Jesus and the glory of his kingdom. So if you need to go to another church or another location to find him for yourself, don't let the thoughts of others or the opinions of others in the church or their perceptions of you stop you from doing that. I did that and it was the best choice I've ever made for my relationship with Jesus. So in all that, just remember the who, the what, the why, whatever you want to say. But we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye. That's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We got something out of it. If you liked it, please don't hesitate to give us a little like or a view and subscribe to our weekly uploads. We'd love to hear from you guys. So feel free to email us at withlovethepodcast at gmail.com or reach out via Instagram at withlovethepod. Thanks for listening and catch you next Friday for a new episode.